Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. The Jamoti Podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. I think so often most coaches believe in individual skill work, especially in the fall, in the spring, and the summer. And then sometimes once the season hits and team stuff starts individual skill work just tanks and and take the time is taken away how important is that to keep it in your daily practice well it's it's a lot easier if if how you play is based on that individual skill development so you know to be honest with you over the years as the season goes on we do more of the individual and, but it, but the individual skill development is our offense. You know, it's learning how to play with the guy in the corner. It's it's you learning how to figure out how to get to that circle, not get to the circle. Uh, so obviously, with with every offense, there's there's got to be some sort of uh, a framework that everybody's got to work within. But we we don't want that so complex that we have to spend so much time on that as opposed to the individual pieces that really make it work. And um, yeah, it's, you know, how you're asked to play can affect how good you become. So, you know, if it's, if it's more about the offense and the system. And so I never want to say that we have a system to anything. We have some concepts of, of how we want to play, which allows us to have, you know, make up numbers, but like, it feels like our whole practice is individual skill development. And so I'm a big category guy and I'm always trying to put things in categories and, and I confuse myself. I say, I don't know if that's a team skill or an individual skill. And I think that's a good thing, Yeah. but I would like to be able to organize some things in fast draw or when you're putting things down, well, which drill is it? And, and I love that I confuse myself because I like, I don't know. So it's probably a shooting drill then, but it looks like <laughs> it could be our team offense because yeah. when we're driving in the basket. We're stopping a certain way and we're, throwing a pass back out top and that person up top's not open. So we second cut to the other guard spot. We're throwing a bounce pass behind the person's butt and we're slot driving it and yeah. we're working on finishing school. Yeah. And so people would ask, well, how long do you work on finishing school? I was like, I don't know. I'll practice long. How long do you work on your shooting footwork? Uh, all practice long. So everything that we're doing, we're, we're watching those feet. But again, it goes back to that napkin. It's like, what do you really care about? And so, you know, we all have some loose, some great plays that are going to get you the naked score. That's going to get you the recognition. People think you can coach, but, it, but it's usually the, the broken play that wins the game. Hmm. So, you know, in watching the San Francisco 49ers with Bill Walsh and the immaculate, well, that's not the, that was uh, Pittsburgh, but they throw it to the catch. Yep. White Clark in the end zone, and it was like, "Oh, geez, Joe Montana, Joe Montana is just scrambling. He just threw it to the end, the end zone." That's what I thought as I was watching as a little kid, and then you find out, it's like, 
no, that was like the fourth check he went through. And then Walsh said, if you don't have anything, throw it to the corner of the end zone and Dwight Clark is going to be there. And if he can't catch it, it's going out of bounds. Like they prepared for the broken. And, and again, of all in football, that might be the all time great execution coach that I've ever seen it was that 49ers team with Bill Walsh in, in mm-hmm. the West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. And he prepared for the quote broken play. And it really got me thinking. It was like, well, maybe we should be playing for the broken play. So an offensive rebound that, uh, and especially when you're deficient or you're smaller and you get it and you try to jam it back up versus three people might not be a great play. Like we might not get great results from it, but if I don't face the basket when I'm catching an offensive rebound, the ball is down in a big concept for us. And whenever we have a ball down or on a baseline, can we get it up and over as fast as we can? So it's down. Can we get it up and over? Now, every time we catch it, we're trying to shoot it, me first. And if I can't shoot it, I'm moving it faster. I'm driving it fast. So it takes some of the decision-making out. In, and so you, you've coached long enough to know, like, some of your worst feeling play, first worst feel players, when they kick it out, they drive it right back into the mess. Yeah. So a concept, that concept kind of helps those players that don't know how to play down up over. Well, in some ways, an offensive rebound is a broken play, right? It didn't go the way it was supposed The ball was supposed to go in. <laughs> yeah. But we're practicing, actually, when it yeah. doesn't go in, there's a play behind it, and that's to get it out and over as fast as we can, and people are scrambling, and we're ready to shoot it. So, you know, we do a lot of shooting drills off of that. We're talking about that. We're conceptually, we're teaching to a broken play, and then we're teaching the footwork and a, a that's how games are won, won and lost. Like I've never been beat by set plays. There's not many teams that have ever been beat by set plays. And there's some great set play guys. But offensively or defensively, those fundamentals that go into it are, are usually what's getting you beat. Mm-hmm. And so, again, what's your focus? You know, those 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 napkins over, over the years, I've said, like, those are the most important things that help you win a game. And so, yes, I wish you would have – heard me or remembered that little play that we could have got a bucket, but it's okay. Like we can play through it. And so again, you're whispering about the lack of execution, but you are celebrating the fact that they can play through mistakes. And again, the difference between 25 and 55, I actually can celebrate that and understand like that's a bigger thing. That's way more important then you not executing the play that coach said would win us the game. The other stuff is more important. I think uh, definitely stealing that because people will ask me, how much time do you spend on shooting? How much time do you spend with an individual? I try to think of like a percentage, you know, I try to think of, uh, but you're right when, and this isn't like you had said before, it's not an attack on guys that have a, a, a notebook of 18 plays that, they're going to get in throughout the season yeah. and they're going to walk the ball up. And they're, if, if they don't get something in transition, they bring it out, bring it out, set it up, set it up. And things that at faith you'll never hear. Like it, it, it's not an attack on that. It's, it's, it's a part of it, but uh, it does help when you're trying to play in transition against a retreating defense off a of make or a miss or a ch- any change of possession. 
when you can instantly flow into some concepts where there's nothing that like you're never wrong. You're it's never broken. Right. Just make another choice. Choose yep. another option. There's more there. It's 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 uh it's jazz. It's not classical music <laughs> where it's messed up. And it, when you're thinking that way, my answer forever now is going to be the entire practice. How much does is individual skill work? The whole thing. Because you're yeah. right, coach. When we play four on four or three on three or two on two, even putting in layers of some of our movements and actions, it's individual skill work. And it if it, it connects directly to what we do very rarely one on oh, but some of those skills that where we wanted them to acquire some of those protection plans, like you said, but that's going to be my answer forever. Uh, because I and I love the way the way that you said that. Yeah, that's. But again, it's 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 one of those things like you've had to have a few scars. Uh, you've had to be on the other side. And so like I'm saying this and I believe this and I violate it sometimes, but I've had enough scars over time to say like, I do think this is the best way to play. Uh, and, and not a particular offense or anything, but just sure. in of an approach. Uh, and, and and it is important for those kids to feel like they're getting better. Um, yeah. And people don't, you know, I've, I've said this multiple times, but people don't get burned out from working hard. They, they they get burned out from working hard and feel like they can't go anywhere or they're yeah, not just hitting that brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. And and you just you want everybody in your program would be our goal is like just in the back of their mind, they don't have to say it out loud. It's like, how good can I get? Mm. Uh and then and then have the excitement when you when you start feeling like that, regardless of what your role is, because I've seen this happen before. It's not just for the starters, but you know, that back end of your roster. Uh, there's always a certain time where, you know, that kid, again, we all have egos and, and he's got to survive. So, you know what, I didn't get into the, you know, the playing rotation. So I'm going to be the mascot. And it's like, and then I always have the conversation with him. It was like, we already have a mascot. I don't need you doing that. It's like, I need you to keep growing and stop writing the end of the story. Mm. I said, you don't know. I mean, if you and if you truly believe in development, yeah, if you don't know the end of the story, I said, I, said, I want you to get lost in your development. And, uh, you know, and sometimes it's the conversation when those kids come to your office and yeah. we and we all have it and say, I want to play more. And so, well, how do you answer that? And and it's never easy. And it's never fun telling somebody you're, you're not going to play. And so are you know, looking at the stats and you're trying to prove them like, you're, you're not a good player. Yeah. And so you can do that, but it's like, really, you want to do that to your, your team. You want to do that to your kid. And so, you know, instead you want to try to change the narrative. If it's like, you're not going to play. I chose that. You're not going to play. Now, what else do you want? And usually it's like, well, I want to play. I think I should play more. And so sometimes it takes about three times of saying, well, you're not going to play. I made that decision. And so, you know, you're not throwing anybody else under the bus. Yeah. What else do you want? And so, but usually by the third time, it was like, well, is there anything else that you would want to do? Like within basketball, it's like, well, I'd like to get better at this. Okay. Now we changed the narrative and now we've worked on something. And it's like, you have no control over this. Like you work as hard as you can, all that stuff. I made the decision that I'm playing these guys. 
but you do have control over some other things like and and if you can ever get them lost in the game lost in their development lost mm -hmm. in their growth and they start thinking and it's just a game changer mm -hmm. now you, you can't always do that sure but, but i found over the years like that has been an amazing thing you got to and again, you can't answer their question. You've got to change the question. You've got to change the narrative. And and I, we all want to tell stories about a kid playing JV for three years, hanging in there, and then all of a sudden he becomes all-conference. And we have those. Like, we've had some amazing stories like that. But there's also the kid that did the same thing, hung in there, and didn't get it. And so what were his feelings after the season? Like, mm -hmm. I'm actually disappointed in it. And there's one kid that I'm thinking about right now is that he did all those things. He went mascot route. He did all that stuff and he fell in love with the game again. And he got so good at the end and, and we are, we're on a roll and we're playing some great basketball and I, he's, he's killing it in practice. You know, it's like talking to a staff, like, Hey, if there's a chance, we might need to play him. Not because I feel sorry for him, not because I want to do this. Like I do want to do this, but he's good. And we're we're in the semis, and and there was almost a chance. And I'm looking down there. It's like I'm telling you, I'm, we're going to do that. We're going to use him. Yep. And so it didn't work out. Okay. Uh, get to the finals, whatever. And it's like he's ready to go. He hadn't played in 18 games, yeah. and I'm ready to put him in a championship game. And I didn't do it. And season ends. And it was like unbelievable. And so he was at a, you know, the basketball banquet uh, type stuff. And he starts talking about it. I'm kind of feeling bad. Like, dang it. If there was one more game, we could, like you were so close. He spoke about how amazing it was, how good uh, he had gotten. He didn't even speak about, he didn't get in. I'm thinking I let him down. Yeah. I, couldn't get him in. I was trying like crazy uh one i appreciate his work ethic two he was good enough and maybe better the time ran out yeah but he was fulfilled because he embraced he got lost in the game and how good he was getting so he taught me a lesson it's like it doesn't always work that way but if you can ever get that situation where they get lost in the game and lost in their development the other stuff yeah. just takes care of itself and they usually usually they get to be the end of the great story yeah. But sometimes not, and it's still okay. It's still good. Yeah, that's good. Kim Mulkey, um, we were having a sim similar conversation, and she was talking about uh, instead of what you can't promise players, you, you like we can't promise them playing time. And if anybody does that, man, that's, that's dangerous. So you can't promise that. But like, think of it more, like you said, reframe it. What can you promise? She yeah. said that she could promise that they would graduate. I like to think that if if we truly believe in skill development, developing players and, and all of them to to do certain skills, work on their shot, I, that's a great thing that I can promise them and their family. I can't promise you any playing time this year, but I can promise you that I'm going to work my tail off to help you develop every single day and that you'll have those opportunities. I think that's what a, a player's love to hear is not that you're not going to play and by the way most practices you're just going to be standing there you know like that that's a that's a tough message and then uh, to your to your story too i think by really buying into development man players surprise you and some of oh. my favorite 
favorite times. And I'll, I'll just, if Hooper O'Neill ever listens to this, it was this yeah. past season coach, the type of character, like you want your sons to be like this guy played football and basketball, always came out the basketball, took him a little bit to get back into it. Just couldn't find him the time, but man, he worked his tail off senior night, 18 points in the first quarter. Like, Uh, We just went off four threes doing all this stuff and then a smile on his face, the crowd. And I'm thinking of my, it's not about me, obviously it's about him, but those moments I don't believe come if we're not developing all of them, not just our best five, not just our top score. So more, more, uh, hopefully more inspiration to develop players. Oh, no, no doubt. And, and so obviously you, your top rotational players are going to get more more attention in, and again, coaching at a lot of different levels, uh, Division three, sometimes a little bit bigger, and uh, it, it was really important. So if, if if I didn't watch them as closely in practice, I was always going to watch them in film to be able to see something. And I thought, like, the worst thing ever if I was in one of those situations, like one of those kids, is, like, nobody knows us good or bad, like even bad, like I'm not doing something. And so like they would get called out in film on a side basket for not working their feet. And like, we expect more out of you. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter if you're playing or not playing there. There's a certain standard that we want to play. And so you could come on, you know, you could come at them pretty hard just the way you would a starter or somebody that's getting rotation. And And I thought it gave them a little bit like, Hey, I am a part of this and what I'm doing does matter. And that's good. And and as a byproduct, here's here's what I think maybe sometimes coaches don't understand. Those guys not playing are sitting on the bench and they might be best friends with the guys that are playing. So if you don't treat them with with the same amount of respect or the same amount of energy of teaching, and again, I just told you a different way. Like I didn't always, I couldn't see everything. And my focus was more on that rotational group while during practice. But at nighttime, I knew I had more time that I could watch them play. So they needed to know that I cared about their feet as much as I cared about somebody else's. And yeah. But sitting next to your star player at lunch and on the bench and on the bus ride. And so if sometimes it's easy to, to, uh, to take it out on a lesser player, uh, anger or yell at them because they're not as coordinated, whatever. Mm. So go ahead and do that, but understand that players like each other way more than they like coaches. And so, uh, like, treat them all, treat them all with respect because yeah. they're they are they're buddies. And some of the alpha males on your team will stand up for those those guys that aren't as good, and they should. Um, and, and those guys, if you're teaching them how to teach, you know, the guy that's not getting the minutes can see things that the alpha male can't. And he might be able to talk to him in a way that we can't. That's right. And so you're trying to cultivate a group of people that are all pulling for each other and, and you know, how you, how you conduct yourself in practice and how you teach development and what you believe in. I mean, it does it does have a residue and, and, and transcends into some some different things. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, 
share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.